Welcome to the Together for Good podcast brought to you by Bethany Lutheran Church in Cherry Hills Village, Colorado. Our episode today continues our Lenten series on spiritual practices. This week, I'll be talking to you about centering prayer and the importance of silence. And as you'll discover, uh, this is a very hard thing to articulate and nail down. Um, It's something I care deeply about that's been a huge and important part of my life for many, many years. I'm thrilled to be able to share it with you, but I think I often lack the ability to properly articulate just how Centering Prayer works and why I love it so much and how beautiful it can be. Um, Hopefully my words here today give you at least some insight into how this practice um, can work for your life as well and, and why it could be so valuable and important. As always, thanks for listening. Thanks for continuing to um, check in on our podcast week after week and uh, for sharing it with friends as well. We really appreciate that people are sending it out there. And yeah, please feel free to share these podcasts with friends or family who might be looking for just an additional devotional resource during these Lenten times. Even if they're not members at Bethany, they might appreciate uh, some of these conversations and insights. And we'd love to grow the community that listens to the podcast all the more. All right, I think those are the pieces that I wanted to say before we start off. And so here we go, a podcast about the spiritual practice of silence and centering prayer. This podcast is going to be talking about centering prayer and silence and the ways that these practices can be really important and give you a unique angle in your prayer life and the ways that you understand how God might be working in the world, right? This is a continuation of uh, our series on spiritual practices as part of Lent, but this is one that's really near and dear to my heart. I started to explore the importance of silence and meditation and something called centering prayer. My goodness, about eight years ago now? That can't be right. Yeah, that, that seems about it. Yeah, 2013, I believe, I started to really explore this. I knew that it had been a practice within the Christian tradition for generations. Uh, If you look at it, people often trace the practice of silence, contemplation, meditation. Uh, Within the Christian community, they place it back to about the fourth century with a group called the Desert Fathers. This was a time, little church history for you, the Christian church really became formalized by Constantine in the year 300 or so. Uh, and, and formalized in the sense is that it became a state religion. And so Constantine converted to, Emperor Constantine converted to Christianity and then made it the religion of his entire empire. And so at that moment, there's this huge swish, shift that takes place where Christianity moves out from being um, the, the the religious group that's kind of on the fringe and became very mainstream. And really, Christianity has been very mainstream in much of the world ever since. But a funny thing happened almost as a reaction to that. So Christianity then becomes mainstream. And then around the fourth century, right, shortly after all this takes place, you get a group of people who say, like, well, we want to kind of go back to being on the fringes. (laughs) This is a group called the Desert Fathers. And this is where early monasticism started. Monk communities, individuals going off into the deserts to live by themselves or to live in cloisters with just a couple other people and to really focus and commit their life to prayer 
and study and nothing else. I forget the guy's name, but there's some guy who who lived on a pillar, like just climbed up a pillar and lived there um, and, and went about his life. Yeah, ask your Catholic friends. They'll definitely know who I'm talking about. Um, one of these saints of the Catholic Church who miraculously was able to survive on top of a pillar for many years. Anyways, none of this has to do with centering prayer exactly, but just to say that there was this group that after Christianity became mainstreamed, really tried to reclaim um, some of the quieter, less um, culturally appropriated practices, if you will. It's kind of hard to get at. And so this need for silence uh, is something that they really committed themselves to. And in our busy world, I think that silence is more important now than it's ever been before. We need these spaces where we're not doing anything uh, because we've distracted ourselves so much. There's so many things going on, so many things on our to-do list that we've got to get done that we can often completely miss the presence of God that's right in front of us. Additionally, Silence, centering prayer, meditation, I'll be the first to admit it. There's an element of boredom to it all. It's really boring. It's really hard and uncomfortable. If you've ever had to just try and sit in silence for five minutes, you you probably didn't like it. (laughs) You wanted it to be over. You were checking your watch. You were shifting in your chair. There's something that we just don't like about being completely still. And it's because we're very uncomfortable with it. It never happens in our life where we're completely still. And even just little things, like when you're waiting in line at the store. I I talked about it in my sermon on last Wednesday, right? I love that when I'm waiting in line at CVS, I can just pull out my phone and read, you know, the latest news headlines. Check the weather report. It didn't used to be like that, right? We have less boredom time than ever before. And I don't know if that's a good thing. I think there is something very important about the act of being bored. I tell my kids that all the time. When they say, Dad, I'm bored, I say, only boring people are bored. Um, And I've said that so much that it now uh, is just white noise to them. (laughs) But there is something important. Our creativity can take hold in the boring spaces. And even more so within the, the element of faith, I think that there is some sort of theological significance to boredom that when we can just be bored and not distracted and not entertained that we are then suddenly able to hear a little more clearly what God might be trying to direct us towards you know we might discover the ways that God is present in fact scientists have kind of studied the brain chemistry on a lot of this stuff and they found that the the thin space or not the thin spaces that the these open spaces where we're bored where we're not doing anything are actually really important that our brain in those moments is integrating a lot of the details and making connections and so if you're ever having trouble solving a problem it's honestly a really good practice to just be bored and to just let your mind wander and see where the connection points might click finally. When we don't allow our brain those dull moments, right? When you're just washing the dishes and (laughs) rather than turning on a podcast, although that's a really good idea, (laughs) rather than turning on a podcast while you wash the dishes or turning on um, the radio, the news or whatever else it might be, there might be some real wisdom in just letting your mind kind of wander. And to see the ways that that action, that 
open space helps make connections and integrates the information. I'm going to be talking about yoga in a future episode as a spiritual practice during this Lenten series, but I think that yoga provides us with some real wisdom at the end of every yoga practice. You're supposed to do a pose called Shavasana, corpse pose. And the way that the yogic philosophy talks about it is that this corpse pose at the end is that integration point where all the pieces that have been happening within your body throughout the whole practice, you give your body this 10 minute time period to just kind of put it all back together. Uh, and that that's where some real wisdom and real insight can come from. I think there's some real brilliance in all of that, right? Based on what I've already been saying. So what does this have to do with centering prayer? Well, well and, and spiritual practices, again, allowing ourselves those times to be bored might be moments when God can break through. That we're running around so fast that we miss all the pockets where God is showing up. Centering prayer is a very specific type of Christian meditation, and it's very much based on the idea of completely letting go, a, a full emptying of your mind, of whatever it is that you're carrying, a full turning yourself over to God. It's very difficult, and the real point isn't to try and focus on anything. Sometimes meditation involves focusing very clearly on a thought or an idea or a mantra, um, or your breath even. That's mindfulness meditation is all mainstream these days, and they often tell you to just focus on your breath. And there's some real beautiful benefits of that. But centering prayer is this act of letting go, of, of everything that you have, turning it all over and just resting in the presence of God. And it does take a lot of practice, but it's really powerful and really beautiful uh, when you can allow yourself that type of, of letting go. It took me a really long time. I started um, just with five minutes of centering prayer uh, and hated it <laughs> because it, it just is so uncomfortable to be in one space and uh, to not be doing anything. It's not my normal MO. But if you push through, there's, there's kind of like a, a, a little mountain you've got to get over. And when you can push through and just kind of sink into the moment and the boredom and the stillness, it's really powerful to experience in some ways this full letting go of all that it is that you're carrying, of all that it is that you're trying to hold up, of your whole being and just turning that over to God. And it's it's strange because it'll only happen for an instant or a moment for me. Most of my time when I practice centering prayer, most of it uh, does involve me kind of coming back to the moment of remembering that I'm supposed to be letting go of everything, if that makes sense. And your mind wanders, you go off on tangents, but the wisdom of centering prayer says, all right, when you notice yourself following a thought, um, that you have some sort of word that anchors you, whatever that may be, some sort of sacred word. And you say that word to yourself, and that's kind of your reminder to move back into a, a moment of letting go and turning your whole being over to the presence of God. And as I think about all of this silence, there are many moments within the scripture that seem to allude to practices like these. Jesus often goes off by himself to pray and be alone. Um, certainly, Jesus went into the wilderness for 40 days at the beginning of his ministry for, I would assume, moments of silence like this. 
and realizing too, again, what lives at the heart of centering prayer is this complete turning of yourself over to the will of God in that moment. Uh, and noticing that that seems to be our continual call, that we continually are called to find ways to trust God more fully and to turn our life more fully over to God's control. And Centering Prayer really allows for space for something like that to happen. I uh, typically spend 20 minutes in Centering Prayer when I'm practicing it. That seems to be the prescribed magic number. I'm not exactly sure where that came from. And just so you know, here at Bethany, we have two Centering Prayer groups. They haven't been meeting because of the pandemic, or actually, I think one of them meets on Zoom every week. Uh, But they practice this as well, where they have a devotional reading and then a 20-minute time of silence. And then you conclude the time of silence always with the Lord's Prayer. You pray for 20 minutes in a way that is beyond words, that is void of words, and then you close it out um, with speaking the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. That's kind of the culmination point of all of it. And I think uh, there's something really beautiful and powerful about groups being in silence together. Again, that's that's very rare, and so I think it compounds the powerful nature of it. And, and let me just say what I love about Centering Prayer as a whole is that it's so hard to describe, <laughs> in case that wasn't obvious in this rambling podcast. That it's so difficult to articulate exactly what's going on and what's happening there. But I think that's part of the point, is that in some ways our prayers should be expressed in a way that's beyond words because God is a being that is completely beyond our understanding and our control, our ability to articulate and grasp. And so that's part of what I've loved about it too, is that centering prayer is just a way to pray when I don't know what to pray or how to pray. It's a, it's a way to pray that helps. I I think of it like a cloth being wrung out That's often how I feel afterwards, just as if whatever it is I've been carrying, I give myself 20 minutes to turn my whole being over to God. And in that process, a lot of the tension, stress, worry, anxiety gets wrung out of me by that deep communion with the Holy Spirit through centering prayer. And so what I want to share with you here, I wrote a poem a long time ago, uh, kind of giving some expression to my thoughts on centering prayer and silence and why this is such an important spiritual practice. Uh, And so let me see if I can, I can find it. Excellent. So I wrote this and I think it, it, it does express a lot of um, why I think this practice is so valuable. And I do challenge you to take five minutes, maybe start there, but but to do it consistently for a couple of days and, and to just see how that discomfort can work on you. Because that's the other piece of it that's so brilliant as well, is the first time you try centering prayer, you hate it. <laughs> the first time you try meditation or sitting in silence, it's awful. But that shouldn't be just an indicator that we're to give up and go home and find something more enjoyable or pleasurable. That sometimes the greatest gifts can be found through hard work, for lack of a better term, that, yeah, even spiritual practices can be hard work sometimes. And if you're willing to commit to them with some consistency and faithfulness and to trust in them, that that hard work can can dig deep within you. That's the other thing is I find I learn so much about myself and what's actually going on when I am really committed to a, a regular practice of something like centering prayer, because it has a way of Uh, picking away and 
picking off my exterior and getting to the issues that are below the surface that I might have been just ignoring or, or had not even come to realize myself. I think our obsession with distractions and entertainment and busyness is a real clear symptom that we all have got a lot going on below the surface that we're trying to avoid. And so that's also the powerful piece about centering prayer is that you're turning your whole being over to God and just sitting in God's presence for an extended length of time. And you might be startled to discover all that you've been trying to keep away from yourself when you allow for those empty spaces. It's interesting to see what bubbles to the surface. So anyways, here is a poem that I wrote a while back about silence and its importance. When you talk with God, do not be the first to speak. Do not be so presumptuous as to assume that it is your turn to address the creator, the almighty, the beginning and the end. Instead, enter the silence, the vast expansive silence of each ordinary moment and wait. These empty, open moments are the places where God waits. And in these open spaces, you will discover that grace doesn't always take the form of words. There's something sacred about waiting for the other to speak. It's an encounter with the time before creation, when there was nothing but God. Nothing but a single word about to be spoken. There are times when calling out to God is more than appropriate. Emotionally charged moments of righteous anger or desperation. But when you talk to God, do not be the first one to speak. I hope and pray on your Lenten journey that you can find some time to be still and to enter the silence. That moment before creation was about to begin. I hope this spiritual practice might give you some new angles, some new avenues that God might allow something to bubble to the surface with you that's important and worthy of note. As always, friends, stay in peace.